This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. Big episode. Buckeyes are 10-0 and in football. Buckeyes are 1-1 in basketball. C.J. Stroud is going to be the Rookie of the Year and the MVP. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to win the Heisman. There's going to be some crazy college football playoff scenarios if Joel Klatt can tell the future. And we just talk a lot of Buckeye sports. Before we get to it, though, Joey, super quick. I'm in Chicago this week. You know, you'll be in Chicago some weeks moving forward. We're going to be watching some games at Butcher's Tap. And this weekend, Ohio State plays Minnesota. And next weekend, they play Michigan. And if all goes according to plan, the weekend after that, they're in the Big Ten Championship. So you could potentially be watching three straight games at Butcher's Tap out there. And you need to do it. If if I only could give you one reason why you need to go to Butcher's Tap before we get to all the stuff we're going to talk about, it's the cheese curds. Butcher's Tap, the best alumni bar for Ohio State in Chicago. We love you, Butcher's Tap, and we'll see you soon. Um, Butcher's Tap, the place to watch all the sports, which is what we did this weekend. Me and Andrew watched a whole bunch of them. Um, we watched some good, some bad, some ugly. Um we won't even talk about the Browns in this episode, but a little quick little nod to you on, on that comeback win, Andrew. That's been Zolden Parlay. Be, Zolden Parlay hit. It's been fun to be a Browns fan this year, as as <laughs> I as I am. Um, I'm undefeated essentially as a Browns fan, meaning when they win, I claim it as a win. When they lose, I couldn't care less. So undefeated. Uh the train rolls we'll out. We'll allow it. Um, Andrew, you you mentioned a lot of things in the beginning. Where would you like to start? I think we need to start at the number one most engaging topic for Ohio State football, and it's not the current team. It's C.J. Stroud. And maybe our Twitter is a small sample size, but anything we put out about C.J. Stroud goes nuclear, absolutely nuclear. He has become like the most beloved Ohio State athlete ever, seriously ever, because, you know, the Bosa brothers, some people feel a certain way about them. Chase Young wasn't great to start, but, you know, now he's picking things up. Of course, reunited Zeke, he's fallen off a little bit. I mean, he's just become the most loved former Buckeye ever. And the craziest part is all those guys I just named were like infinitely more loved than him as a player. First thing, we took him for granted as the Ohio State quarterback, for sure. Oh, that's where I was going to start, yeah. And the second thing is... When he ultimately does win an MVP, yes, there's a case for him to win MVP this year. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not crazy. It's not crazy, but they needed to win one or two more games at the beginning of the season. Like, I don't know if the MVP can be the seventh seed. But but devil's advocate, can the MVP be a team that wasn't supposed to do anything that makes the playoffs and he has the most passing yards in the entire NFL? I don't – maybe. Yes, maybe. But either way, he's going to win an MVP. I'm confident in saying that eventually. And that might be the day that Ryan Day gets fired because people are going to say, how did you not win a national championship with this guy? Which I don't agree with that 100%. But me and you have been texting. Like, we're Texans fans. How fun is it to be tech? We're texting Texans fans. Yeah, it's – it's uh, man, I all I can think about is – the formula that they have, right? Like they have an elite quarterback that they drafted and they handpicked their head coach 
Like all I can think about is what if the bears did the exact same thing and the bears could be the Texans right now, but that's neither here nor there. CJ Stroud's unbelievable. I don't know if I've ever rooted against Joe Burrow, but I sure as heck rooted against Joe Burrow on Sunday and watching that final drive. Um, And it had nothing to do with the survivor pool I'm in and the fact that I'm still in it. And one of the teams picked, picked the Bengals. Um, But it, it's really, it's here's my, my few thoughts on the, on the notion on the topic are number one, he's unbelievable. Like he is, he's not good for a rookie. He's not, he's not good for an Ohio state. He's, he's really, really good. He is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That's number one. You already mentioned it. People took him for granted. That's like an understatement. Like people wanted him benched at Ohio state. Let's see what this Kyle McCord kid can do. Let's give him a, well, pump the brakes on that. We see saw how that turned out. CJ Stroud ended up being a phenomenal quarterback in Ohio state too, but like people took him for granted Ohio state. And then the, the last thing is how would you feel if you're the Panthers right now? Like Bryce yeah, Young I, does not look good. Like he just I doesn't texted look good. you, and you could I have CJ Stroud. Justin Fields is making fun of you on the on the bench. He's saying roll tide against the against the the Panthers. I texted you. Panthers fans need to be must be absolutely sick to their stomachs oh. right now. Oh. Seeing seeing CJ, and they don't even have a pick next year. It's the Bears' pick. It's they. Not only do they not have CJ Stroud, they. They could have had Caleb Williams also, but they can't have him because the Bears love the number one. I looked earlier, and I think he was like minus two thousand to to win Rookie of the Year. Literally to minus two thousand. Yeah, and it's down. I'll look again tomorrow. It's down right now on FanDuel because when there's NFL games going on, you can't bet on futures for whatever reason. But I mean, he, he I. He's unbelievable, and it's and it's and it's fun to watch. And one thing that he put to rest is that he's only good because he had elite receivers around him. However, no he had, <laughs> he had one damn good elite receiver with him last year, who's still on Ohio State, who is on his way to potentially winning a Heisman Trophy. Marvin Harrison, three touchdowns in about three minutes. Last week, we were there. We were there. We were there, and I, I honestly thought he was going to get a fourth. They were trying to get him a fourth. They like CJ McCaffrey'd him, trying to get him a fourth. Christian McCaffrey, but I know what you meant. What did I just say? CJ McCaffrey, but I, I, you got CJ Stroud in your mind. I, uh, yeah. he, it, I, we talked about it on the show. We both thought that they were going to force feed the ball to Marvin Harrison, which is a good idea, no matter what. But it's a really good idea when you're trying to win him the Heisman. Um, I, myself, I went to the game with my college roommate. Andrew went to the game. We didn't sit together. Um, but we walked in together. Shout out uncle Doug. Shout out uncle Doug. Um, shout out Harrison. Um, I, um, I had a little wager on Marvin Harrison, a few different ways I had, and Andrew didn't like the catches. I didn't have the catches in there. It was 150 yards, two touchdowns, and then McCord to have 250 yards passing. Um, I won't tell you how much I wagered or how much I could I wa- could have won, but let's just say I could have retired from professional podcasting if I would have if I would have won it. Um, because he had 149 yards, which is that's like my only bone to pick with him is that if you are trying to force feed Marvin Harrison the Heisman, being up 38 to to three, whatever they were, like that, 
with 10 minutes left in the third quarter, doesn't seem like grounds for benching all your starters. And also, you're trying to make the college football playoff and, like, dominate these teams, like, try and put 60 on them maybe. Maybe I'm just, like, totally being biased in my sports gambling brain. But, like, Kyle McCord was still in on that next possession. But Marvin Harrison wasn't. I found that funny. So that's the last thing I'll say about that. What I do want to talk about, Andrew, is we both have some – we well, both he, have some stats to back him up. As he was dialed team. in, by the way, because I know we're not going to give enough time to him. Kyle McCord, that was the best he's ever played. Let's let's yeah. see that moving forward. Kyle McCord was awesome. Kate Stover was awesome, per usual. Travion Henderson got, like, the day off, which was great for him. Um, but Kyle McCord, would, he wasn't just good, like, oh, Michigan State stinks. Like, he made some phenomenal passes. You still got to throw and, and complete those passes. You got to score the touchdowns to win. They looked great. Um, he was definitely incredibly impressive. Kyle McCord should win the Heisman. Yeah, but Michigan State does stink. They are terrible. I can't. Terrible. I can't how bad they are. I was talking with my uncle who I was at the game with, Uncle Doug. Few, uncle Doug. A few years ago, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State were all good. They were like all, all top 25 good. All top 25 good. And then you had Minnesota, the first few PJ Fleck years, you know, kind of disrupting stuff. And you had Purdue kind of disrupting stuff where they would beat guys here or there when they had Brom. Like the Big Ten has really taken a step back these these past. It's, the it's floor not, is a lot lower. Yeah. The, the top I mean, is probably higher because Michigan is elite, even though they cheat. They're elite cheaters, like the leaders, the leaders, the, the, the ceiling America's team, as Jim Harbaugh said, uh, the ceiling is probably higher, like Ohio state and Michigan. I really think they both can win the national championship mostly because I don't think the other teams are that good either. And also because Ohio state's defense is incredible. Um, but yeah, like it, it is interesting how Wisconsin's terrible, right? Northwestern was in the big 10 championship three years ago. Like they're terrible, you know. Uh, they're actually not terrible. They, that interim coach is having as good of an interim season as a Northwestern coach could possibly have, probably. But yeah, you're right. Iowa can't score. Um, Wisconsin is terrible. The only like bright spot in that is that like Illinois all of a sudden has this backup quarterback that's <laughs> brought them on game-winning drives the last two games. But other than that, the Big Ten West is like ungodly horrific. Thank what God did I we text you? What? I sent you something. It was like, it feels like there's three big 10 games a week where the final, the final score is a first seven. quarter score. Yeah. 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 The final score is, is, is a, is a semi high scoring baseball game. <laughs> like, Oh wow. Like they really got after it. The fi- final score. Yeah. Well, 12 to nine, <laughs> uh-huh. but whatever it is, what it is. The bottom line is Marvin Harrison has a real chance to win the Heisman. Andrew was joking about it, texting me during the game. His odds to win the Heisman, like went, they were they were divided in into into three, right? Like like it went from what plus fifteen hundred to plus five hundred after the first quarter, when he scored yeah. twice or three times, whatever it was. The lowest it got to was like plus three sixty during that game. Now it's actually back up. To plus six hundred because for some reason, Jaden Bo Nix had four touchdowns in the first half of 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 the the game against USC. He was unbelievable. But now Jaden Daniels is like skyrocketing. Yeah, but Jaden Daniels, 
had 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing. If it's I hate the losses, though. I hate the. I hate the two lot the th- two or three losses. Well, yeah, it, it all. It. I was listening to part of my take, which everybody listens to. Um, they were talking about how. You know, essentially, it's like gone from the Heisman Trophy being the best player in the country to more of like an MVP, where it's like your team has to be really good too, right? Where like, you know, Marvin Harrison might be the best player in the country, but if they lose four games. It doesn't matter. Same thing with Jaden Daniels, right? He might have these numbers that are way better than Johnny Manziel, but Johnny Manziel's team only lost one game. They lost three games. And, and like, it should go to the best player in the country. It's an individual accolade. It's not a team accolade, um, which if we're using that logic, that probably means Jaden Daniels wins and not Marvin Harrison. But, you know, Marvin Harrison has some pretty incredible stats for this year. You compare it to Devontae Smith's year, which I know, Andrew, you have the stats on, but like for an Ohio State receiver, right? If you just look at that, you know, he's got his 28th touchdown of his career, which is fourth all time, 14 games where he has 100 yards receiving. He's the first Ohio State receiver in Ohio State history, which is a crazy stat. Me and Timmy Hall were talking about this on the radio the other night. There's never been an Ohio State receiver that's gone back to back thousand yard years. And he Marvin Harris is the first first player did that. Guess guess Chris Olave, three years as a starting like major or minor focal point of the office. Guess how many yards he had in his most in a, in a season? Eight fifty. Not a thousand. Yeah, he didn't even do it once. So what's crazy? What's crazy? And I don't know if this is crazy. Aaron Wilson would have done it if it wasn't a shortened COVID year. But still, just we're we're here to pump up Marv. We're here to pump Marv. Up Marv. Marvin Harrison, he didn't just do – he's the only player to have two in a career, not back-to-back, which that sounds right. weird, but you, there's guys all the time. You get you have a great year, you get hurt, you come back. You know, that, that kind of stuff happens. Not even those guys. It's not just back-to-back. It's ever to have two multiple-thousand-yard seasons, which is insane. You mentioned the Devonta Smith element of it. I mean – Marvin Harrison has 13 touchdowns right now. Devonta Smith had 24. He had 24 <laughs> in his Heisman year, which includes – I don't know when it cuts off for the Heisman, but it includes in these stats the SEC championship game, which is insane. <laughs> but, I mean, if Marvin Harrison has three touchdowns the next three weeks – he would still <laughs> be is, behind. He would still be behind Devontae Smith. However, Mac Jones, oh, Mac Jones was really, 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 really good that year. They had a lot of weapons. They were and, beating the shit out of every single team. Yeah, Kyle McCord. If if this Kyle McCord yeah. was there all season, <laughs> if we played Michigan State Heisman. every game, if we played Michigan State every game, he'd win the Heisman. That's Absolutely, which is what it feels like Bama does. Well, yeah, and and. Or that year, it's it, they did that year, right? Right. It's uh, it's interesting. I, I think that Bo Nix will win the Heisman because Oregon will, like, I. This is not like a special breaking news opinion. Oregon will play Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and it'll be prime time, the latest championship game that night. Everyone will be watching, and it's a great like. 
if Penix wins, he'll get the Heisman. If Bo Nix wins, he'll get the Heisman type of deal in theory. Does that mean they are the two most deserving? I don't know. Bo Nix has been incredible. Oregon can win. I really think they can win the national championship if, if they get in because they're just dog walking teams recently, except for when they lost to Washington at Washington. But man, I mean, this is the most like open I can remember a Heisman race. Is Bo Nix, he's not minus money, is he? He's minus 110 on FanDuel. Oh, he is minus money. I was going to say, because, you know, when you look back last week, before the games, it seemed like the lowest guy was like a plus 280 Michael Penix, which isn't that much of a favorite. You know what I mean? Like the fluctuation, is that even a word? The fluctuating uh, between all these it guys. It's like there's, it fluctuates. It, it fluctuates. There's like five guys that probably have a legit shot, right? Jaden, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Marvin, Harrison. Is that it? Am I missing a guy? Same again. There's four guys. Yeah, those four. Jaden Daniels, yeah. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Marvin Harrison. And I think it's in – my gut tells me it's in this order. It's – I think obviously Bo Nix is the favorite. We just talked about it. But I think Jaden Daniels has the best shot to beat him purely based on stats and the fact that he plays like – two terrible teams the next two weeks, but he doesn't have an SEC championship game unless something crazy happens. Um, and then Michael Penix and, and Marvin Harrison are right there in like a toss-up, but should be interesting. All, all, all I know. Well, the thing yeah. is, those two will cancel out. Right. Penix, Penix and Bo Nix. Because, yeah, right. Like, I I would be shocked. My, my Like, especially if, if Washington wins. If Washington wins, it'll be Penix, Harrison, and Jaden Daniels that are in New York, and we'll be able to cash out for some cash. I hope so. Right now, I'm gonna. Has yours changed at all? Have you looked? Yeah, hair. Oh, the cash out. Yeah, I have not looked. Because mine, I got. I finally got. A, I finally have a cash out for the first time. It hasn't changed since I last talked to you. I have a, it was 89 now it's 72 for me. Yeah, mine's 127. So that just tells you well we got a different odds too. Um I got a 22 to 1 preseason. Um anyway, it's all going to be based on it's fun. It's all going to be based on the championship games I feel like, right? If Marvin Harrison and you can call the Michigan Ohio State game the Big 10 Championship game, I think that's fair to say. Um, because the winner will play Iowa, who can't score more than 13 points if their life depended on it. So, um, you know, if Marvin Harrison, you know, let's say Bo Nix and Washington and Michael Penix, right? They get into like uh, the final score is 21 17 and it's all rushing touchdowns, it's terrible weather, whatever, right? And and Marvin Harrison goes out and single handedly beats Michigan in a shootout, the score is 42 35. And he's got four touchdowns and 210 yards on 10 catches. Like, and they're just force feeding him the ball. Like we're talking about, they, it could happen. So I kind of think that's the only way they do in that game too. Uh, no, I think that Michigan's offense is so bad. I, I They're going to try and big boy us, which if Tommy Eichenberg is healthy, we're going to be pretty hard to big boy this year with this team. You know, I think that it, it's, it, you know, could they do it? Sure. Teams have tried to, Notre Dame tried to, and they couldn't really do it. So um, 
they they're not going to be able to throw the ball around, which we said that with JJ McCarthy last year, and they did, but they were cheating. So who knows? Um, I, I do think offensively we are more lethal than they are. It's just a matter of can we stop them? But we got we got tons of time to talk about that game. Yeah, we'll do a big. I mean, that'll be a big episode next week, which will be fun. But biggest the, you've ever seen, probably. Before we'll we'll end, we'll bring it back to football to talk a little playoff stuff to end it. Let's talk a little basketball. We were at the game. It was a little weird because we were going in and out of different seats. We were sitting basically on the Texas A&M bench next to a player that had a cut arm sleeve. A short short sleeve sleeve. shirt, but with only one sleeve. It was very very interesting to see, to say the least. It was weird. It was a great game the whole game. It was close. And then all of a sudden, with five minutes left, the game was over. They just Uh, pulled away. Five minutes left is a stretch, but I know what you're saying. No, I mean, with five minutes left, the game just like ended Texas A&M just went on a run. No, I know what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. It wasn't with five minutes left, but yeah. Uh, I I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in the first two games is Jamison battle. Jamison battle is the best like spot up, create your own three shooter. Both of those spot up and create your own three. And, and for whatever reason, He's hot in the first half. It's two-game small sample size. And I don't know what the, the mindset is, but personally think he's got to get more shots in the second half. Maybe it's being more aggressive. Maybe it's drawing up plays for him. But I think that's a different game if he hits, you know, a few threes down the stretch, obviously, or at least get some shots up. Yeah, I mean, I only remember him shooting once in the second half. And I think you're spot on where he's the best catch-and-shoot guy we have on the team by far. He's one of the best catch-and-shoot guys in the entire Big Ten, probably. I mean, it purely based on percentages from last year, I know he was super high up there. Um, yeah, he's just got to be more aggressive. He just has to be. I mean, Bruce has the ball in his hand, and he was shooting a lot of the shots in the second half. Same with Roddy, and rightfully so. Those two guys, when they're shooting shots, I don't feel like it's ever really a bad shot. I mean, obviously, there are exceptions there. But it's almost on Bruce as much as it, as it's on Jameson to to get some shots. Like you got to get him and get him involved. You know how important he is. You know you got to find him and you got to. And if you're Jameson Battle, you have a a breath of air. You got to let it fly because that's a good shot for Ohio State. Um, it was a really interesting game because, like you said, for 37 minutes, it it was a one possession game. There were like 19 lead changes over the course of the game and this Texas A&M team, not only are they old, not only are they well coached, not only do they have the best, one of the best backcourts in the sec, not only are they strong and big up front, they lead the country in offensive rebounding. Like they're preseason number two in the sec. Like they are no slouch at all. The sec is probably top to bottom, the best conference in all of college basketball. Big 12's right there. Big 10's right there. You can make an argument for both, but the SEC is is great uh, year in and year out. What stood out to me was we've got really good guards. Bruce and Roddy are really good. Their guards were elite. Just a different level. Just a different – it was a different level. That's not to say that Bruce and Roddy can't get there, whether it be at some point this year or at some point in their Ohio State career, but those guards down the stretch were unstoppable. 
you know, personally they're, think they're, they're, their point guard had no neck. Yeah. I was just going to say they stick their neck out for their teammates, but I personally think Bruce is there. Maybe he can... he's not there. You know, he's not there. I know we, we we're a very positive Ohio state. That is a different level of basketball that, that Baldwin's playing. Yeah. I, I just Who's think that going on the, if you look at the, if you look at the stat sheet, he's there at 24 points. He was, he's fairly efficient, right? He, he was shooting a lot, you know, and he was making free throws and he made good passes and he, He's he's incredible. He's great. He is an all Big Ten point guard, an all Big Ten player, the best player on Ohio State. There's no doubt about it. But he's not at the level that that their their point guard was at. And that's no knock to Bruce. That's one of the best point guards in the country. He's preseason SEC player of the year. I, Bruce is not, he's not at the elite status. He's really freaking good. But he's just not he's he's just not there yet. I, I think the biggest thing was that guy Coleman being able to just score every single time he yeah, got the ball. Game. So you couldn't ever. Yeah. So you couldn't like take away anything with the guards. You couldn't bring your bigs up. You couldn't double, like you couldn't do anything. And for Bruce and Ohio state, they, especially in the second half, it was like, there wasn't even a second option. Roddy got going a little bit, but there wasn't even a, a second option and a second place to go. So yeah, maybe, I, I'm I'm with you that Bruce is not, you know, preseason SEC player of the year good right now necessarily, but that's a different game down the stretch if their defense doesn't just have to be, all right, we just need to stop this this one guy. We need just – they need a little more – and, um, again, we're not going to knock them right now. It's the second game of the year against an amazing team, like you were saying, but I, I think that second – consistent guy which is probably going to be roddy needs to emerge and stay consistent and then you need that third consistent guy in the first game it was zed and in this game you know drive the lane curse it wasn't it wasn't zed i also need to correct myself wade baldwin played at uh vanderbilt uh wade taylor is yeah texas a&m um he the the difference to me you know, those last few minutes, right? You can put the ball in Wade Taylor's hands, get a ball screen, and he's going to make the right decision, right? You, he made incredible, he had incredible finishes. He made incredible passes to Coleman. And you can do whatever you want. He was just, there was an element of carving us up. Does Ohio State have that identity yet? Like, they just don't. They don't, they don't have a, Bruce is amazing. I don't, he's not at that level of go set a high ball screen and he'll go win you the game. He will make great decisions. And I, I trust in that, and he he's capable. It's just we don't have the same identity that Texas A&M does. That's why Texas A&M is a top fifteen team in the country that that are is a trendy like Final Four pick, and Ohio State is a, a middle of the road Big Ten team that has tons of upside and should make the NCAA tournament. And they could go on a run, and they're the eighth youngest team in the country. Let's see how they do. It's just that there's no identity to Ohio State. You know, you have the luxury if you're Texas A&M of we don't need to run offense. It, our, our offense is not ever going to be stagnant because you put the ball in this guy's hands. It's like putting the ball in like Chris Paul's hands, you know, like a high pick and roll is all you need. Ohio state needs a little bit more. That's why I agree with you. It was Bruce or nothing in the second half. And unfortunately there, that just means Ohio state. And, and we got a lot of questions about it on Twitter. And so I'm addressing this sort of in this, in this topic, you know, Ohio state, there's an element of, 
you know, maybe you have to run more set plays, right? Maybe you have to, instead of running an offense or an action to start, right? Ohio State runs a lot of like high ball screen twists and dive, the big man dives and the guy rolls up and then he can go and, and he's got space to operate. Or, you know, a lot of times Bruce will throw the ball, it'll get thrown around, get back to him, and he rejects the ball screen and plays off of that. Maybe you need some set, some sets to get Jameson Battle involved, right? To get Zed Key posts up, post ups to to get Roddy Gale going downhill, right? Everything that that makes uh, puts guys in in successful spots. I think that's a huge part, and you know that's the difference between you know us and Michigan State in the Big Ten, right? Michigan State, you give the put the ball in Tyson Walker's hand, give him a ball screen, you're going to get a good shot. Uh, I, I don't know if it's that easy with Ohio State yet. Could be one day, but not yet. So so we'll see. But I. I, I I find myself being a little bit more negative than usual. I mean, we left the game and I talked to coach Holman after and, uh, um, via text, Andrew, I know you were with me after. Um, and he said that, that they're right there. And I agree, you know, you, you cut down on some offensive rebounds, you get some better shots, you make a couple more threes. They didn't shoot it well from three at all. And they're right there. They were right there the whole game. That's a really freaking good team. And that's not a game that you look at your schedule and be like, that's a must. We have to take care of business there. Like that's a, we agreed. You talked about it. You know, like it's that the buzz was not like, oh shoot, if we don't get this one, oh my God. It's like, no, it'd be nice to win. You expect to win. You want to win, but it's not the end of the day. The the sun rises the next day and you got to beat Mary Mack who has the Mary Mack who has the longest winning streak in the entire country. It's like over 20 something games now. So yeah, I said to you, I said you at the game, like people were saying, oh, it's a big game. Come on, pack the shot. I'm not, there should have been more people at the game. Texas A&M, top 15 team, cool matchup, Friday night. You know, it's always hit or miss. You could say Friday night, you could say Friday night game. You know, the students are doing other stuff. They're not going to go to the game. But you could also say Friday night game that's done at 930. Go do whatever you want to do after. It's the perfect right. appetizer to whatever you're doing. How, However, I said you at the game. You know, people were saying big game, big game. It, it wasn't really a big game in the sense that the result of that game, unless you're, you know, really on the bubble and Texas A&M is a one or two seed, which yeah. I guess is possible theoretically, but it's really not that important of a game. It's a fun game. It's a cool game. Yeah, important is important is a funny word. I, I, I'm so with you. It's not a, it's funny to call it like a must win, like a, it's if if you play this game in Ohio State, like you're saying, is is you know you look at Joe Lenardi's bracket and they're like last four in, and they're playing at home, and the jersey says Wisconsin, right? Like then it's a little bit different. But this is like a it's like a win win as long as you don't get blown out, you know, like a like you. There's plenty of positives you can take from that, and you don't feel like you missed out on an opportunity. Yeah, it. it I think the best thing to call that game was a fun matchup where it's early season on the cock you're 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 sandwiched between Merrimack and Oakland it's a it's a fun matchup that's more exciting than a mid-major versus Big Ten something to give your kids you know your players to look forward to in the summer right there's not five games against low major teams you know, it's a fun weekend for Columbus because Ohio State played a night football game the next day. You know, basketball season is back. 
I tell you what, if that game is in three weeks from now, four weeks from now in the shot, like it's going to be pretty packed, I think, because then you know more about the Ohio State team. Maybe they're nine and one, right, against playing a bunch of non-conference games or they're eight and two. Texas A&M is, is 12th in the country. Ohio State football season is still going, excuse me, but it's the weeks between the Big Ten championship and the bowl game, right? Like there's a little bit more buzz for Ohio State basketball. It's just there's there's an element of, and we always joked about it with, uh, with the staff when I was there, there's like an element of if you build it, they will come, right? And they haven't a chance, haven't had a chance to build anything. So the game doesn't feel big for anybody. It didn't feel important, like you said, right? It, it was fun. It was fun and, and a good start to the season. And I truly took away so many positives, mostly being that Bruce is a stud. Um, and I feel bad for like poo-pooing him a little bit, but there's a difference between Wade Taylor and Bruce Thornton, whether you like it or not, unfortunately, but Bruce will be that guy to, uh, when, when they go to Texas A&M next year on the road, Bruce will be the same guy that Wade Taylor was. Wade Taylor will be playing professional basketball probably. And whoever their point guard is, and then he won't be quite as good as Bruce Thornton is. So, you know, there's that dynamic, but listen, long season, Ohio state plays a lot of fun games and uh, if you build it, they will come. I hope more people show up and support this team because they are fun to watch. I mean, they've got athletes. And they need to shoot more threes and make more threes, in my opinion. I was but, just about to say, got to hit more threes. Got it. Got about. That, but in that so game, but in that game, they were four of nineteen, and A and M was three of eighteen. So that was not the difference in the game. No. It's not like A and M went ten for twenty, and they went, you know, three for twenty. It was. It was the guard play and getting to the basket and free throws and, and Coleman turning around and scoring. It, it it just felt like in that last stretch, they had multiple places to go where you thought no matter which of those places they went, they were going to score. Yeah. And with Ohio State, like you were saying, it just felt like Bruce had to have the ball and really it didn't even feel like he could move it. It felt like he had to go to the basket. He took – there was that one weird Scotty Middleton shot late in the game, which was like he was open and then he took a dribble and it being contested and it hit the shot of the backboard like that. There's there's growing pains that will happen real quick before we get to the last thing on football we wanted to talk about, you know, going backwards. I did like a little more what I saw from Evan Mahaffey. I saw a little more of what you were telling me we could potentially get from him on Ohio yeah. State this season so i i think as the season goes on and maybe you get a little more from mahaffey maybe you get a little more from devin royal maybe you know dale bonner gets more and more comfortable in the system maybe he develops a different role that's like hey you know you're not you're not bruce's backup necessarily to give him a few minutes of rest you're going to be able to play alongside him you know like all that stuff is gonna get figured out so growing pains are are expected when you have a new and young team like this the last year's team no offense to those guys it's not a it's not a one point game at the under four media timeout against might have been it might have been earlier in the year but that the guts of that team yes i agree between big 10 season yeah (laughs) not the big 10 tournament and not the preseason right if you if you yes i I completely agree. So we take the positives. You go with it. It's a 
right? Like the young team, you take the positives, you grow from them and they'll learn from it. And they're only, they're only going to shoot better. They're not going to shoot worse. And um, we'll see. Um, last thing we wanted to touch Andrew, right. Is our, our good friend, Joe Klatt. This is kind of our, our, our fun finishing part of the, of the episode here. Thanks for, for sticking around with us. If you, if you have um, Joe Klatt, the Twitter connoisseur and legend that he is had some very fun and interesting, uh, a very fun and interesting sort of situation regarding the, uh, you know, uh, a hypothetical for the college football playoff. And the hypothetical is this, and I'll let you, you, you go first here, Andrew. There's a 13 and 0 big 10 championship. Big Ten champion. It might be Ohio State. It might be Michigan. There's a 13-0 Florida State. Those two are locked into the college football playoff. There's two spots remaining for these five teams. Oregon, who wins the Pac-12 championship 12-1. Texas, 12-1, wins the Big 12. Bama, 12-1, beats Georgia to win the SEC. Then you have Georgia and Washington, who both lost in their conference championships. Who gets those last two spots, in your opinion? Who can we throw out first, and then who can we argue about after that? So you, I, I had my thoughts, and then you actually convinced me otherwise. So the other day, Bama just looked absolutely unbeatable against Kentucky. They've looked really good the last few weeks, and they're going to look really good the rest of the season. And uh, Milrow has been insane. Unbelievable. Gets hurt every game, gets benched every game. But but when he's in, he's unbelievable. I do think they're going to beat Georgia. And what's going to be interesting is, does the committee view a head-to-head loss to Texas as worse than beating Georgia, who hasn't lost in, in three years? Personally, I test, you look at the team at this point in the season, Texas versus Alabama, I think Alabama is the better team. However, I don't know if you could convince everyone else that a team that they lost to, they should be in over. Right. I yeah. I think if Oregon beats Washington, this is what I would do. If Oregon beats Washington, I'm sorry. There's no one coming from the Pac-12 this year. These teams don't have good defense. That's going to be a 50 to 50 game. It's going to be exciting. That's the last we're seeing of the Pac-12 in in you know meaningful games, for lack of a better term. So I would go Ohio State number one against Bama number four. Not to mention that the committee would really want that game to happen because it's the most viewed game ever. And then the sandwich in the middle would be Florida State two, Texas three. I yes, I think. I think I agree with you, which is not good for this this little segment here. Let's just assume that Ohio State does it because we're a Ohio State podcast. They're the one for sure. For some reason, I think that if Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama gets the two and Texas becomes the three so that they can have that rematch. And then Florida State is the four, even though they're 13-0, and just because they really only have one good win and every other team mentioned there kind of has two good wins. Um I could also see a world where Texas gets left out and Oregon in our situation, because they're the PAC 12 champ gets in, even though Texas is the big 12 champ, but the big 12 isn't as good as the PAC 12 is this year. Um, 
I think that if I think Alabama is in no matter what in this, this scenario and it becomes a Texas versus Oregon conversation, it's crazy to say, Georgia, you're out, but there are too many viable champions of conferences to keep no, Georgia. Out. They haven't looked good enough. I know. Out. I agree. I agree. Georgia's out. And I think that the same is true for Washington. Like there's too many viable champions, even though you beat Oregon, Oregon was the champion because they beat you. Uh, so in my heart of hearts, I agree with you. I think it's Texas and Bama that gets the nod. Um, but I see a scenario where they leave out Texas and everyone's like, how do you put Bama in over Texas? They won head to head, you know? So it's very fun. It's the, it's the best time of the year. I don't think just, just to say this, I don't think it's going to shake out like that. Someone's going to lose either before like either the next two weeks or in the conference championship, something, something's going to shake out, whether it's Michigan beats Ohio state and then Iowa just mucks up the game and they beat Michigan, like something it's not going to happen. It would be crazy if it does, or Georgia's just going to beat Bama and that conversation is going to be over, but, but, but it's but fun. Then, to, it's fun to dream. But either way, something is going to happen because what if Ohio State, FSU, Georgia, Oregon, and Texas, then who gets it? You know, there's other scenarios where it's just as crazy, but it might only be five teams instead of fighting nine. for it instead of nine. So I think it's literally seven, but yeah. Um, yeah, in that scenario, I think Texas is probably out. Uh, whatever, but... There, well, there's also scenarios where, like last year, Ohio State beats Michigan or Michigan beats Ohio State, and then Washington wins. Everything happens that needs to happen for the random team to get it. Right. Like if Florida State loses in the ACC championship, they'll probably go Ohio State or Michigan loser like they did last year. Yeah, unless the other stuff happens that we're talking about because, like, I mean, if if Bama, Washington, and yeah. Michigan or Ohio State all win the bowl game, and then Texas lose, I'm whatever. We it's we so crazy. It's so fun. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that specific scenario that he laid out is impossible to decide who's in. But it's also so crazy if that's the result that actually happens. Florida State is so fucking boring. Florida State's boring, but. Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis are fun. They're fun. Yeah. Maybe LSU should be in because Jaden Daniels had 500 total yards. Put, maybe it should just be Bo Nix versus Michael Penix in one round and Jaden Daniels versus Marvin Harrison in, in the in the other round, and then the winner gets the Heisman, the winner of, of the of the games. It it actually, though, it is good that maybe Kyle gonna, McCord gets the Heisman if Ohio State wins. This is gonna be like the okay, yes, we should have a 12-team playoff after the arguing that happens. With well, this. finally, there's not like a clear-cut, unbelievably dominant team. Finally. Right. Even though Ohio State would have won last year if, if they kicked that field goal, which is crazy, but neither here nor there. I do think Ohio State, like the national championship is like against Michigan. It's crazy to say it. Feels that way, though. Yeah, but Washington, if they're in, they're good. But Bama's good, too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Bama's really good. Um, all right. Got anything else? 
I do not have anything else, but I just want to warn you that Ohio State has two basketball games between now and the next time we'll talk to people. So when we do this exit. Who's the who's the next game? Western Michigan. Ooh, the Broncos. I know Merrimack. I just Whoa. want to say one more thing also. Yeah, please be my guest. Black Friday. Ohio State plays Alabama, which could be a pre in basketball, which could be a preview for Ohio State Bama football. I don't know if that has ever happened where basketball and football both play Bama within the span of well, I guess those games are gonna be forever. For yeah, they'll be January. a month later. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun though. I mean, God. So I'm we'll have more news on it later, but I really want Ohio State to win that game for a number of different reasons. Anyway, um we're done here. This is fun. It's a classic old Zold and Joey. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat the Gophers. Beat the Warriors. And beat the Broncos. Look at that. And there's balloons. <laughs>